Blog Talk Radio. Turnbuckle Terminal fans, welcome to the show here on another Sunday afternoon. Sign guy along with QT Vokes and Randy Zellers as usual on a Sunday. Real fast before we jump into it with our guest, some show notes. If you are looking for some wrestling today, AWA in Tempe, Arizona, BMW in Florence, Georgia, IPW in Central City, Iowa, EWAS in Brownstown, Michigan, N-O-W in Blacklick, Ohio, and Heart of Texas in Mart, Texas today. So get out there, support your local independent wrestling. Thank you for everyone that braved the record heat in the Northwest. Uh, check out the Northwest Pro Show last night. We definitely appreciate it. But without any further ado, I want to bring our guest on. He is an absolutely fantastic talent making big waves on the independent scene. Freddie Hudson, how are you doing? Thank you so much for being here. I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Now, since today's your first time on our particular show, I'm going to start you out with the first-timers question. What led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Uh the reason I got into professional wrestling is because I've always watched it since I was, like, six years old, watching that The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, The Rock, Dominic Steve Austin. And then um, I started uh, doing backyard wrestling with a couple of my buddies and all. And that led me uh, to starting it professionally. Now, when you got into pro wrestling training, uh, you did the backyard wrestling, but did you have a background as far as anything athletic or drama or anything like that that was going to prepare you for what professional wrestling really is, or was it kind of a whole new experience? Uh, yes, I do have an uh, athlete background. I've done multiple sports. Um, I've done baseball when I was little. Uh, basketball. I have done um, amateur wrestling for nine years, and then I have played football for eight years. Not a bad background. Now, you've been all over the Midwest and in a few other places as well, uh, traveling around. You seem to be making pretty big waves, like I said. When you're going out and you're debuting for new promotions like you do on a fairly regular basis. What kind of uh, reach are you getting as far as the promoters? Do you get contacted by promoters most often, or are you reaching out to the promoters yourselves? How is it working out as far as your career? 
Um, for me, I am mainly reaching out to promoters or like their um, uh, promotions of Facebook page or any type of form of social media platform they have to reach out to try and see if I can show up and show a face or uh, gain an opportunity. Or uh, I'll talk to a buddy of mine who uh, I have interest in a certain promotion, and I'll ask them, hey, um, I don't want to, like, trying to rub shoulders with you, but, like, is there any way that I can contact this promotion about possibly getting on or showing up and showing a face, help up, set up, and tear down the ring and everything so they know, like, I'm willing to do the work to work to gain the opportunity to get onto their show. One of the shows that fairly recently you were on is something that uh, we have really supported here on this show. We've discussed it quite a bit and promoted the event here, and that is Paul Cade. I know you took place, like took part in the recent one. Can you tell us a little bit about what led you to being part of Paul Cade? Yes. Um, Paul Cade is ran by a guy uh, who has helped out tremendously in the Midwest. Uh, he runs a page, a uh, blog, I would say. It's called uh, MidwestTerritory.com, where he gives his uh, review. I would say review. Like He helps like boost and promote certain shows around the area, any show that's available for fans to go out and support independent wrestling. Um, the show, Paul Cade, is ran by Chad French. He, uh, it's kind of like a small affiliation with my home promotion, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, here in Je- Jeffersonville, Indiana. And um, I've been with Paradigm ever since then, so I was part of the very first one, and I was excited to be part of the second one. And I hope there's a tremendous, I hope there's many, many more throughout the years. Absolutely. I think Paul Cade's a fantastic idea. It seems to be popular not only with the fans, but it seems to be really popular amongst the wrestlers. I know a lot of people were trying to get on that show. Yes, yes. It's a, it's a, very, it's a very great show because it, uh, it's wrestling, of course, and it also, uh, it also helps uh, uh, help uh, the animal shelters in that area. Oh, Paul Cade was predominantly outdoors. Uh, there was kind of a covered shelter that uh, made it sheltered from the rain and so forth, but it was open air, so it was more or less an outdoor show. And as we continue to move past the restrictions in place and as more shows come back to live fans, I think outdoor shows for the next several months are going to be a very popular thing that fans are going to see a lot of right now. It's often a little bit different at an outdoor venue than an indoor venue for a variety of reasons. Do you particularly have any uh, feelings on wrestling outdoors? Um, honestly, I do not. Um, Either way, um, I'm okay with wrestling indoors or outdoors. As long as it's not, like, ridiculous, ridiculously hot outside, 
um, that's fine. I know during the collective um, in Tampa, Florida, um, it was, like, really, really hot. Like, throughout the whole show, it was everybody. I think a lot of people got sunburned from the heat because it's Florida heat. And everything is it's never cold, winter, snow. It's just summer all all year all year long. So, um, as long as it's not hot, like bearing hot, then I don't mind resting outside. So you don't think you would be open to wrestling outdoors at a Saudi Arabia show if the opportunity arose? Uh, man, that, that's, that's a big decision. If it came down to it, I would I, I would love to, but as as of right now, no. <laughs> I completely understand that. Now, speaking of venues, though, everybody usually has their own particular favorite venue for whatever reason. It might be the atmosphere in the building. It might be because of the amenities presented by an individual venue. It might be just the location of it. Do you have that one favorite venue where you go to wrestle? Um. Yes, I have one favorite venue that um, I have I have not wrestled yet. This promotion is a big bucket list for me, and it is the uh, Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, they're ran by um, AAW in Chicago, Illinois. That's one promotion that's a bucket list that I've been to their shows before, and the venue is just like to me, it's beautiful for to see it live and everything. Now, you are fairly young in your own career, but a lot of times wrestlers will have certain areas where they most want to get to to wrestle, uh, whether it is somewhere within the country where they live or if it's an international trip. They usually have like one or two bucket list areas where they most want to go. Do you have any particular most favorite destinations to get to on your wrestling career? Yes, I would love to wrestle for Limitless Wrestling out in the main area, and I would love to wrestle for Beyond Wrestling. Oh, all right. Not a lot of people pick Maine for their bucket list, but I'm sure it's absolutely a great place. Yes. And you don't have to usually worry that it's brutally hot outside if you're on an outdoor show. Yep, that that is correct. Now, coming out of the era of wrestling we were in for the last year and a half, a lot of wrestlers had downtime, and that usually would affect uh, people's conditioning. Uh, a lot of wrestlers struggled with the downtime and they didn't maintain a diet or a conditioning program, so a lot of people struggled to get back into ring shape. I know you were active pretty much all the way around, but when you did have the downtime, 
Was it easy for you to maintain a proper diet and proper conditioning to be ring ready, or did you have some struggles with that too? Um, honestly, um, I had a couple, I would say, um, I had a couple of struggles with like the pandemic happening and everything with like certain restrictions because like the certain gyms were shut down and everything. So I had to resort to, um, in my local town, we have this thing called a walking bridge, which connects uh, Jeffersonville, Indiana, and Louisville, Kentucky, where you can walk across two states. So it's like a mile-long walking bridge, and um, I had to resort to that a lot to where I would, like, either walk it or I would, like, jog it if I had to. Um, on one side, there's, like, steps that I can, like, run up and down and everything, and another side is, like, uh, it's like a trail that I can, like, go around. So uh, with that, um, yeah, that's pretty much how, like, my cardio-wise went. And then the lifting part and everything, I didn't really have any weight at the time with me. So I had I had to resort to, like, push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks, just trying to keep my body, like, in motion and gears uh, throughout the closed restrictions of the pandemic. Oh. On your uh, travels on that walking bridge, how many times did you pass Madman Pondo? Um, honestly, that I've never really passed Madman Pondo. Whenever the times that he went, I would always go at like in the afternoon and all. So I never really caught him like during like the night times and everything. I I always I still want to like catch him like during the times that he goes along. I might have to, like, hit him up and ask him, like, when did I say you're going, man, so we can walk this walking bridge together. I know he would like that for sure. Yeah. Now, Pondo over the years has been a very big component on getting pictures with the people that you're on shows with because it's the memories you'll have long after the event has taken place and you'll have it uh, after your ring days are over. He's been really big on that. Do you personally do very many photos with people that you do shows with to have that, or is it something that you don't delve into for your own needs? Um, yes, every now and then I'll get a picture with like um, like a group of friends or uh, a certain person that like, I look up to. Like, I have a picture with um, Leo Rush from back in 2017 when he wrestled in Jeffersonville, Indiana against Super Crazy. Um, see, that was very awesome. He's, like, one of the guys that, like, inspired me to get into professional wrestling from watching matches in Ring of Honor, uh, pro wrestling, Gorilla, ma- mainly in Ring of Honor, watching him, um, his... Uh, uh, tournament for the uh, top prospect back in Ring of Honor. So uh, I keep that picture uh, true dearly to me to, like, look upon, like, for where, I, where, like, I came from starting out as, like, a trainee to, like, now me traveling anywhere and everywhere that where I can get it and everything. One of the that a lot of wrestlers did when there was downtime was design new wrestling gear. A lot of people wanted to come back with a fresh look and 
have updated gear, and so they took advantage of the time to be able to design and have new things made. Obviously, pretty much everyone that gets into the ring takes pride in what they're wearing in the ring. What is your go-to as far as favorite gear and favorite gear maker? Uh, I would say my favorite gear is um, my uh, trunks that I got made recently. Um, The colorway is a baby blue, a red, and a white, which is inspired by... um, the Indianapolis Colts like retro jersey colors, and then there's a there's a number on my hip. Uh, it says 32 the wing, which is my great 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 grandfather. I never really got to meet him, but he used to play for the New York Jets back when I was like a baby. So I really never got to meet him. His name was Emerson Boozer, and my favorite gear maker, I would say that I have encountered is um, Zodiac. He's definitely very good. Yes. Well, this time I co-host Randy Zellers, the winner of the Best of the Pacific Northwest Tournament, is standing by, and I'm sure that he has some questions, so Randy, go right ahead. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. I went through a grueling matchup with uh, with a wrestler named J.D. Mason. He's from uh, Illinois. I mean, he came from Illinois too. Cubs fan. Okay. You know how to, you know how that you know how that is. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. So you're originally from Chicago, or? Yes, I uh, I'm a uh, born in uh born in Louisville, Kentucky, but I was raised in Jeffersonville, Indiana. So they're like right across the okay. street from one another. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's really day. That's really what's up. Yeah, I got family in. I got family in Chicago on the uh, on the west side at least. Oh, okay, sweet. I go south side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's it. Hey, it's pretty cool. Nothing wrong with it. And yeah, I, I, like, since, I like Chicago. Yep, me too. <laughs> I mean, I never, I mean, I never, I never been. I've been always trying to get the opportunity to go, but you know how it is with work and everything. But you're not the five. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh shoot! Excuse me, man. I'm just blowing my nose, man. <laughs> <laughs> And let's see here. Yeah. I've, oh, okay. And I and I know that uh that you watched that you watched um, WWE with um I mean during when the Undertaker, The Rock, and all those guys was having their heyday. I have to say that's a good era. <laughs> yeah, very um, man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, tell you the truth. Uh, Wrestling really hasn't been the same after that. Yeah. Ever since when they knocked it to PG. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't really been the same since then. I know wrestling has definitely 100% evolved to, like, this new thing now. 
But uh, yep. it hasn't been since, like, the old times and everything. Mm-mm. Nope, not at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all, because um, I remember when, when like, when Raw or even WCW Nitro used to come on, I mean, I remember we each go to one friend's house every Monday to watch um, to watch Raw. Either either we watch uh, Nitro and we record Raw, or if they're watching it with me, I had the pip screen, so we was watching Raw and Nitro at the same time. Yeah, I was mainly uh, watching uh, Raw most of the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, of course, because, you know, everyone wants to see Stone Cold Steve Austin beat the, like, give give a stunner or the rock, man, just laying the smack down on somebody <laughs> or or even yeah. him talking. Even yeah. him talking. Yeah, most definitely. Man. funny. He is. He's a good talker. Mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all. I think he's probably going to mess around and be being president of the United States someday. <laughs> yeah, man, I hope so. I, I believe. I, I, I honestly believe it can happen, man. Like if he just commits to it, all I feel like The Rock can be the president of the uh, United States. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, talk about. I ain't scared of you, Putin. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and Rock, I mean, Batista's, Batista's close, but he ain't no Rock, but Batista, he's been doing well for himself ever since wrestling. Yeah, he is. Same, uh, yeah, same way with uh, John Cena. He's getting the more movies now. Yep. And all I got to say, I mean, when the I mean, restrictions are kind of cooling down and stuff like that, and, I mean, I've noticed a lot of, Movies that are made by Warner Brothers are on HBO Max. Yeah, yeah, most most of them are. I mean, which it's cool. I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with bringing the movies to your house. Yeah, that's 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 true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, you can press pause, go up. I mean, go like go use the bathroom, and go upstairs, make a sandwich, and come back and still watch the movie. Yep, definitely, 100%, man. <laughs> yeah, but um, but um, before the pandemic, before you know, we used to just tour. I mean, just go all around. What were the favorite things? What was the favorite uh, things that you liked about touring? Did you have any road stories or anything that you like to share? Um, yeah, there's um, yeah, the one thing I loved about touring and traveling around and wrestling, which is the people that like you grow a connection with. Like, I have friends like in Florida, and I have friends like Chicago. Um, I have friends like all over. Just like the people that you get to meet. And, like, the people that you, like, you talk to on social media and then you meet them in yep. person and they're, like, oh, they're, like, way cooler. They're, like, they're cool on social media. But once you meet them, they're, like, oh, man, like, just, this, like, person's, like, really cool. They're, like, and then you go you go to that bond with them because they're wrestling and everything. And then you just, you guys stay in contact no matter what. So, um, yep. 
I just I just like growing a connection with people and growing that bond to like continue to talk to them like even when we are like thousands and thousands of miles away, you always have that one form of connection with them to stay in touch. Yep. That is very true. I mean building that bond yeah, building that bond and all the other good stuff. And tell, I mean, have you um have you guys uh bumped into any uh wrestlers that might have turned bad, like bad like in public, like done something effed up where okay, I think I can't affiliate affiliate with you no more. I gotta keep it pushing. Yeah. Um Honestly, I have not encountered that. Most of the people that I, I have met myself or came in interactions are all good people. So I don't think I've met anyone that's like a bad seed. All right, all right. And uh, how long? Yeah, how long have you been wrestling for anyway? Um, I have been wrestling uh, right now for four years. Okay, four years. All right. Well, all I had to say, all I have to say, I saw your little high, I saw your highlight video. It didn't look like it didn't look like that you was wrestling four years, man. It looked like you was a seasoned <laughs> vet just getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh no. Yeah, I like that. I mean, whew, man, yeah, that's. Wow, I was just I was just shocked while I'm here doing an interview with you. I was like, "Wow, this guy, this guy is good." Like, Ariel, your Ariel stuff is good. I mean, everything else, whoever trained you, they did a good job. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that comment. Thank you. Mhm. Yeah, that ass. I mean, your trainer, he did a good job with you. Just keep going because you know how like how like the hustling don't stop. The training don't stop me, but exactly, man. That's what yeah, 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 stay on the grind no matter what. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, yeah, I've encountered you probably might encountered wrestlers who who don't who who be going around saying that they don't need the training anymore. Like I don't need to go train. I I'm going over here, blah blah blah, and all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, you know, your your performance ain't what it used to be because, I mean, I mean, yeah, I can understand if you're going to be wrestling like three times, four times a week because that's even right there. <laughs> it's the actual show shit. It actually show. But when you get downtime, yeah, start training, start training, continue on training. And uh, I have to say, man, you you're you're making some pretty good waves, and I'm impressed. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, man, you can never uh, stop learning, stop training. You always got to keep improving. There, you always got to keep an open mindset to always uh, get better. And every match you have, always ask for uh, critique. Because every critique is uh, very like very very valuable to take in. Mhm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and. And telling the and telling the kids at home, you know, there's some um, certain there's some certain entities that usually comes with wrestling, even though one keeps it a secret. But but the first thing that I encountered was 
when I first met this guy named J.D. Mason, he told me, take a uh, sit on the toilet before you wrestle. I was like, oh, because um, years later, you know, you can say one of my opponents, he gave me a belly-to-belly suplex, and... And uh, he gave me the belly to the belly, and he had an accident. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, yeah, and he had an accident. I mean, I didn't really think nothing of it. But then again, um, a couple other people was talking. I was laughing. And, yeah, yeah and, you, and I, don't know, I don't know, within four years of the business, that if someone would, you know, you would have that sort of encounter or – because I have had encounters with with uh, people not picking up a toothbrush and just uh, and just uh, doing you know go up and down side to side with it. Yep. Right. Have you ever have you ever encountered anyone there where the hygiene is uh, questionable? You don't gotta drop no lines. Uh, just a simple yes right. or no. Uh, honestly. Uh... No, I haven't encountered anyone with hygiene. Most of the people I encounter, they're like, they're very like key, like super key on like hygiene. Like, I think most people I yeah. encounter, they're like, they're like well, like mannered and well dressed. They're like, my hygiene is everything. Like, I can't be around people. They're like, most people are like, they can't be around like, they they they, they can't show their themselves off unless their hygiene is like up to par. So. Yeah. Yeah, because um because the way that I learned was you dress up for wrestling like you're going out to a club, getting ready to go cut a rug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, because I mean I've seen I mean I've even done it too. Like I went brushed my teeth over there and stuff, I mean Brush my teeth. I usually put on like two sprays of deodorant before I go out and wrestle. Yeah, and that's all there is because I don't want to. I don't want to gain that reputation, and you don't want to piss off your opponent. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, I always, um, I make sure like before, uh, I, I, I always like brush my teeth like before I get to the show. Even yeah. like even when like when I'm like at home and all. But like I'll I'll make sure like I make sure that I do it so I don't like forget at all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. <sighs> well, I'll have no further uh, questions for you, man. But I will hand you over to some. I will uh, pass you off to some. But you're really gonna have fun with. He is he is the one that wrote the Bible on having fun and asking questions. King of the night trains, ladies and gentlemen. QT, I take it away. QT. Well, thank you, Randy. Hello, Mr. Hudson. Hello. I'm not sure if I'm the king of the night train, but uh, <laughs> as you probably <laughs> as you probably know, night train is a fortified wine. That was sung. That was honored by Guns and Roses. Have you yourself ever tried chilled night train? Uh, honestly, I have not. 
have you ever tried the drink that combines cream and ripple and it's called crippled made famous by Sanford and son. Uh, I have not. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Mr. Hudson, are there any truths to the rumors from my wrestling sources out of Shelton, Washington, that you wrestled a dog at Pawcade? And if so, was it a Rottweiler? Yes, I have wrestled a dog at Pawcade. And no, it was not a Rottweiler. Oh, okay. Can you get, was it a Springer Spaniel? Springer Spaniel. It was a Spring. Oh, okay. All right. Now, how did it go? Was it a stipulation match? Um, no, it was not a stipulation match. It was a uh, regular match, but it was a very, very good match. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, Mr. Hudson, I saw your YouTube video entitled GNPW CM Squared versus the Homies versus Freddie Hudson and Lotus. At the beginning of the video, CM Squared made their appearance, and my first impression or thought was they remind me of the WWE tag team Crime Time. Did you also get this first impression? Uh, honestly, no. I've seen those two before. Custom, uh, I've seen them squared. I have seen those guys wrestle before, and they honestly remind me with their style and everything. They remind me of um, the Midnight Express. Oh, okay. Midnight Express. Okay. Do you happen to know the names of CM Squared, the the two names of, of them, the individual names? Yeah. Yes, it is uh, Cameron Saturn and Gaston LaRue. Was Gaston LaRue the one with the fancy shades or glasses? Um, I cannot remember. I know Cameron Saturn, the one with the curly blonde hair. Oh, okay. All right. I think he was the one that was wearing that uh, Ric Flair-like fur and, and the dark sunglasses as they made their appearance at the beginning of this YouTube video. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Well, Mr. Hudson, I froze this uh, YouTube video at the 3 minute and 31 second mark of the match. And when I did did that, Mr. Lotus was standing in the middle of the ring, and the referee was off to his left. Mr. Lotus had just delivered an uppercut to one of the CM squared. Now, uh, taking the average size of referees that I have seen on YouTube, plus the one in the ring standing next to your tag team partner, I'm going to say that Lotus stands six feet and one half inch tall and 195 pounds. Am I close? Yes. Aha! Once again, I put my video analysis streak on the line, and I came within probably a half inch and uh, uh, 15 pounds of my video analysis. My streak is still alive. Okay, this is great. How close is he to six feet, one half inch tall? Um, I believe he's very close to it. 
very close. Okay, how close is he to 195 pounds? Uh, honestly, I do not know. You don't know? Okay, I'm I'm going to put my video analysis weight weight standard up. I'll put a question mark by that. Does he gain a lot of weight when you travel with Mr. Lotus on road trips and you might stop in at a Taco Bell? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> oh, um, no, we never really traveled together before because he's out of the um, Paris, uh, Cynthia, Kentucky area, and I am out of the Louisville, Kentucky area. Well, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, Mr. Hudson, you were in the ring with both members of CM Squared, and despite you putting both of them down at the 7 minute and 4 second mark and the 7.05 mark, they both delivered kicks to you, and at the 7 minute and 6 second mark, they both sent you hurdling against the ropes at the 7 minute and 10 second mark. But at the 7.10 mark, you held on to the ropes, and as they ran to you in the hopes of clotheslining you over the ropes, you ducked down while holding the top rope, and over, over the top, CM squared went. Lotus then climbed to the top turnbuckle and, with your help, took out, th- took out both members of CM squared and one member of the homies outside the ring. Flash Thompson was the only one left, but he hit you with a chain to the back of your head at the 7 minute and 35 second mark. My question is, did you experience a flash of light as the chain hit the back of your head? That's what I'm asking. Yes, I did. (laughs) Oh, man, that's such a dirty low blow that he – well, actually, it wasn't a low blow, but uh, to hit you from behind like that. Okay. Which leads to my next question. Mr. Hudson, have you yourself ever had to put on tire chains on your tires as you traveled over snowy mountains, mountain passes, like if you would have to put them on – here in Washington State, if you traveled over Snoqualmie Pass or Blewett Pass? No, I have not. Never put on tire chains. Okay, very good. Okay, that's for the record. I'm just saying I hope you get out here and wrestle someday, but I hope you don't have to put on tire chains or have to borrow them from Flash Thompson. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. Yes. I hope I don't have to either. (laughs) All right. Well, Mr. Hudson, you mentioned to Sign Guy that you would like to someday wrestle in Maine, and Maine is known for its clam chowder. Which do you prefer, the white clam chowder or Manhattan clam chowder, which is the red? Um, I've never actually had clam chowder, so I really do not know how it tastes like. Oh, boy, that's kind of sad. Okay. I only mention this because I myself was a cook in the Coast Guard, and I had to make both the white clam chowder and the red clam chowder. So I'm very familiar with clam chowders. Nice. Nice. And if I'm ever out in Maine, I will make you clam chowder from scratch due to my Coast Guard uh, cooking abilities. That's what I'm offering you, Mr. 
Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Oh, very good. Uh, I'll make you the red, the Manhattan. I, I'll do that. Okay. Very good. Okay. Well, Mr. Hudson, on November 17th, 1996, the Nation of Domination made its WWE debut. Members included J.C. Ice, Wolfie D, D'Lo Brown, Kama Mustafa, the Godfather, Savio Vega, uh, Mark Henry, and Ahmed Johnson. If you were to come out here to Washington State and form a tag team with Randy Zellers, would you let me manage you under the banner semi-nation of semi-domination? <laughs> yes, I would let you. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, I hope Randy Zellers is listening and he he can maybe make up some of his wrestling gear semi-domination. Yep. Hey, oh, yep. okay. oh, all right. Okay. Well, speaking of the members of uh, the Nation of Domination, Mr. Hudson, were you a big fan of Mark Henry when he was known as Sensual Chocolate? Yes, I was. Oh, okay. Did it make a big impression on you when he was caught in bed with May Young? May Young. Yes. Yes, it did. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. Well, do you believe if your tag partner, Lotus, if he could time travel and get a trial uh, a run or a tryout, uh, could he be made an honorary member of the Nation of Domination? Your partner, I Lotus? Believe, I believe so. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Mr. Hudson, Randy went over the um, – subject of hygiene in the ring in about uh, when Kurt Cobain was in high school he had a girlfriend that commented that he smelled like teen spirit or the room that he was in at the time teen spirit was a deodorant in a local uh, 7-eleven in uh, Aberdeen Washington it was a, a, a deodorant Later on, Nirvana went to uh, have one of their biggest hits called Smells Like Teen Spirit. Have you ever had, uh, have you ever recommended that a wrestler, has a wrestler ever got an armpit up near your nose or jaw and the thought flashed through your mind, he could use some teen spirit? That's what I'm asking. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, I have not encountered uh, any uh, stinky pit armpits. Oh, you haven't. Okay, you're pretty lucky. Okay, very good. All right. Well, for me, uh, Mr. Hudson, a seminal moment uh, was the debut of Chris Masters when he used the Master Lock Challenge. How well could you have done if if you could time travel and take the Master Lock Challenge? Uh, I would get out of it in five seconds. Wow, five seconds. A lot of a lot of uh, WWE superstars tried and failed, uh, like Val Venus. What would you make you break the lock in five seconds, and what, that Val Venus could not break? Because I believe that I am stronger than Chris Masters. Oh my gosh! Okay, all right, very good. Okay. Well, uh, if Randy Zellers could time travel. 
How, how fast could he break the master lock challenge? Randy Zellers, your soon-to-be partner in semi-domination. Uh, I believe Randy would break it in 10 seconds. Ah, 10. Okay. That's a good time for the 100-meter dash. That's what I'm getting at. Okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Mr. Hudson, it was good talking with you. If I ever meet you in Maine, I will make you the Manhattan clam chowder. And at this time, I'm turning it back over to Sign Guy. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Thank you, QT. You. Well, Freddie, I know you haven't had clam chowder, but could you take us through what a typical diet is like for you in recent times? Uh, in recent times for me, it's um, my base meat is like grilled chicken and then sometimes fish. And then um, I'll pair with either like mixed vegetables or like uh, rice. And then sometimes uh, Brussels sprouts. Now, of course... Uh, especially in the summer months, and especially this week here in our own Pacific Northwest, hydration is extremely important due to the heat and humidity. What is your current uh, hydration situation like? Do you do a lot of water? Do you take in a lot of Gatorade? What's your go-to to make sure you're hydrated? Yes, my main... um objective on hydration is water. Now, I've been to a lot of shows and a lot of places, and it varies greatly as far as promotion to promotion what the water situation is. A lot of times promoters will bring in cases of water that they keep cold for the performers. Some places uh, they have some water, but it's kept warm. Some places, it's up to you to provide water. Some venues have water fountains that you can use in the locker rooms. On shows that you go to, what tends to be the most common water situation you face? Uh, Mostly, uh, I see promoters uh, bring like cases of water, like two or three cases of water for the people, for the uh, boys and girls in the back. Of course, in the summer, especially when people are doing outdoor shows, uh, sometimes it poses more of a risk health-wise to people. Uh, sometimes, especially when you're wrestling. For several minutes, heat exhaustion or heat stroke can set in, sunburns can happen. Have you been on many shows where there's actually been uh, health issues come up due to the heat and humidity? Um, yes, uh, not with me personally, but um, I have seen, like, I guess I think some people are, like, dehydrated from, like, the sun being so hot and everything to, like, they have to, like, sit down and, like, take, like, a cold, like, rag or, like, a cold towel on them so they can, like, cool down. 
Yeah, definitely not a good day at the office when somebody has heat-related issues on a show. Uh, one of the healthier uh, breakfast foods that I don't know if it's something a lot of rustlers eat, but some of them do is a good nutritional breakfast is grits. Have you delved into eating grits very much? Uh, yes, I have grown up uh, eating grits before uh, from my great-great-grandmother that lives in Georgia. She's always made it um, for breakfast, not all the time, but whenever I am down there to see her and everything, she has made it before. All right. Well, one of the other things besides diet that is always going to be vital to a wrestler is cardiovascular conditioning. And I know that sometimes you get in there and you're wrestling 15, 20 minutes really hard. What do you do to maintain the cardiovascular conditioning? Um, I would um, ride my bike um, for like a couple hours around the neighborhood, or I would ride around uh, my city around just to get like keep active and my uh, legs moving, my arms moving, me breathing rightly and everything. One of the things that wrestlers have relied on, especially in the last year, to make some of their money back since uh, shows weren't as uh, frequent as they were in normal times is merchandise. Sometimes wrestlers will make far more in merchandise sales than they do actual pay at a show, uh, just depending on the individual and how much they're able to get out there and get people to buy what they have. What's the Freddie Hudson merchandise situation looking like these days? Uh, yes, I will be having um, merchandise, T-shirts, stickers, pins uh, made uh, very short in the next couple of weeks. But for right now, I have um, T-shirt stores. I have a Pro Wrestling T-store and a Brainbuster T-store. Very, very nice. Now, you've probably seen a wide assortment of merchandise at shows. Uh, Rustlers will try to sell fans anything at all that they can slap their logo on or think that they could get a couple of bucks out of. What's some of the stranger things that you have seen at merchandise tables? Um. I've seen people put um uh, put certain things like on um like um like Japanese fans. I've seen some put them on fidget spinners. I've seen them put on um like on mugs and cups and all. And I've seen uh somebody put it like on like they made like a, a custom made coaster, like drinking coaster. Oh, very, very nice. Oh, fairly recently, in the last few weeks, uh, Midwest wrestler Darren Corbin did his first ever 5K event. Uh, He just got back into uh, live shows again, starting to wrestle for the first time in over a year. 
but he also competed in his first ever 5K event and was training for that as well. Do you ever do anything like that where you're doing a 5K or a 10K event or maybe a bicycle marathon in addition to wrestling to maybe not only keep in shape but also kind of get your name out there uh, with the fans doing something different? Uh, yes, my uh, my town here in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Louisville, Kentucky uh, we have a uh, breast cancer walk we have every year. Uh, we have that, and then we have a um, we have the Pegasus. Um, it's called the Pegasus uh, Marathon, where it's either you can you can do a five k or you can do half of that, and I have done that before. Very very nice. I understand that coming up in July, you have a match with a guy named. Uh, Calvin Tinkman, who has been also red hot on the independent scene, he uh, went to MLW, as a matter of fact. What can you tell us about your game plan going into that? Um, my game plan um, for Calvin, because I know for sure he's a lot uh, taller than me and everything and a lot stronger than me. So I know I'm not going to be able to take him uh, to the ground. So my strategy is to use my uh, my uh, lightning quick speed, uh, improve on my strikes to uh, get him down, and uh, work on a particular particular body parts to get him down to my level, and then uh, hit him with some big strikes. Not a bad game plan. I hope that works out for you. Thank you. In recent times, uh, we have seen an influx of our own Pacific Northwest wrestlers making the trek to the Midwest where you're located. Uh, Guys like uh, Jaden, guys like the Phoenix Kid, uh, soon to be uh, Nick Wayne will be making his way out there. Uh, We've seen several wrestlers in the last 10 years making the trip there, uh, but a lot of our newer talent are uh, getting out there for the first times. What do you think of some of the Pacific Northwest talent that you've seen so far? Um, I think the uh, Pacific Northwest talent I've seen, they're great. They're a great group of guys. Um, Jane's a real nice guy. I've met him a couple of times. I've met him in uh, Florida. I've met him um, actually one time I was coming to an airport. And we were at the Sam Zach airport, so I was like, I got a picture with him. Um, I just love the group of guys that I get to meet and everything. Little known fact, I actually officiated Jaden's very first professional match. Oh, nice. Now, I mentioned the Phoenix Kid, and he has delved into deathmatch wrestling over the last couple of years, but he's capable of any style of match. So you could have any type of wrestling match against the Phoenix Kid, but he's sort of gotten the reputation for deathmatch wrestling. Is deathmatch wrestling something that you personally would attempt as a style, or do you tend to stay away from that type? 
Um, honestly, no. Deathmatch wrestling is cool to watch and everything and see, like, friends do and everything. But honestly, it's just, it's just not my cup of tea to do. Like, I'll support it 100%. I'll support my friends who do it. But honestly, that's just not my type of style to do. Completely understand that. But now I have to ask you, what is your preferred cup of tea? Uh, my preferred cup of tea would be like uh, like, tradi- like traditional wrestling, uh, like hybrid type of wrestling, shoe style wrestling, I would say. And, I can definitely see and, that based and, on everything I've ever seen from you. And uh, and technical wrestling too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Now, on top of uh, your kind of shooting style and the technical style, you do a lot of dives in your matches. I've noticed diving is always a very risky proposition. Uh, I've seen a lot of people not successfully make the dive and do. Uh, face plants into any number of hard surfaces. I've seen people uh, injure their legs on the dive. I've seen people get dove onto that uh, suffered broken legs. So dives are always risky. When you do a dive, is there anything going through your mind when you do it, or do you just have to do it and trust your training and your ability? Yes, I have to trust my training and ability, and I have to fully 100% commit to it because I don't want to hurt myself or the person I'm uh, wrestling against. Hopefully you never, ever will hurt either yourself or someone you're wrestling. Thank you. Well, we are down to the last few minutes of our show, so I want to give you ample time. If there is anything you would like to say to the audience, plug and promote Anything and everything, the social medias, merchandise, upcoming appearances, your favorite ice cream shop, anything that you would like, floor is all yours. Yes. Um, hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can find me on social media. On Facebook, my athlete page is Freddie Huston. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, Freddie Huston 15. Um, buy my merch, please. Um, it is on, I have Pro S&T store. Progressive Tea slash Freddie Hudson. Um, I have a Brainbuster Tea store, brainbustertea.com slash Freddie dash Hudson. Uh, also, uh, check out my upcoming shows. I have Common Tankman on July 9th. July 10th, I am in a Doors, Ladders, and Chairs match for Paradigm Pro Wrestling in Marion County Fairgrounds in Indianapolis, Indiana. Me and... Um, Third member of Shooters Don't Die with Don't Die Miles. Um, my partner, Ron Bass Jr., from the a Tampa, Florida area, is coming here to Indianapolis, Indiana. We are taking on the Awesome Odyssey, Creatures, Creatures, and Rejects. Uh, and on July 11th, me and my partner, hopefully, uh, if he's okay and uh, able to show up, Don't Die Miles. Uh, we will be taking on Black Shoe Society and the Original Sins as we are looking to retain our AWR Tag Team Championships. Uh, my favorite ice cream is Chocolate Chip. My favorite ice cream shop is here, one locally in Louisville, Kentucky, called Louisville Cream. Please check them out. Support them any way you can. And um, thank you, everybody, for listening. 
All right. Well, Freddie Hudson, I want to thank you so very much for taking time to be with us. I definitely enjoyed having you on here, as we all did. And I wish you the best in your career. You look like you're going to do some big, big things. So best of luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, fans, definitely if Freddie is going to be at a show near you, go buy a ticket, pick up some merchandise. He's an absolutely fantastic performer. You're definitely going to enjoy him, and I think you will see him at the national level at some point. So get on the bandwagon early. Randy, you got anything you want to say, plug or promote as we wind up? Nope. All I got to say, all I got to say is um, keep on washing the hands get vaccinated, and stay hydrated because it is hot, hot. It is hot, hot. And speaking of hydration, we want to send our best wishes to Don't Die Miles, who always supports hydration of everybody. Hope he's doing well. We also want to send our best wishes out to the uh, families of Bobby Eaton and Bill Dundee, as uh, Bobby's wife Donna passed away yesterday. Uh, She was the daughter of Bill Dundee. So, uh, of course, Bobby being the son-in-law of Bill Dundee, our thoughts go out to them at this time. We will be back with you uh, next week, next Friday afternoon. We have with us Johnny Proof, formerly of Northwest Pro Wrestling, and then, of course, We will be right back here in a week as well, so make sure you have plans to be with us. Everybody continue to be safe out there. Support your local independent professional wrestling when you have some near you, and we'll talk to you soon.
I believe in 